Welcome to the Cody Felger Podcast, a podcast dedicated to talking Colts football. Here is your host, Cody Felger. Welcome back to the Cody Felger Podcast, and I'm joined by Andrew Thomason again. Andrew, I hope you're doing well, man, because today we're going to look at the most, definitely the most improved position on the Colts uh, from 2017 to 2018. We're going to look at the offensive line, the big guys, right? The the most exciting, not maybe not the most sexy guys, but definitely the guys that do the the most work, who have probably the most important job on the team, honestly. Um, and so, I thought the way that we could do it is we could start by looking at the offensive tackles on the roster, start looking, and then go to the offensive guards, and then finally finish with the centers. And uh, I think some of those guys who have position flexibility will kind of whatever the website lists them at will just clump them into that so for example like joe hagelis as a tackle or guard um and we'll start we'll just list him as tackle um and so we can start in by looking at the the offensive tackles on the colts uh on their roster right now on their on their uh roster before cutdowns. um you got a guy like joe Hague, uh you got jackson barton anthony costanzo antonio garcia Jamarcus Webb and DeAndre Wesley, and also Braden Smith as well. Yeah, I think uh, you know Costanzo, of course. I think is going to be the starter. Uh, Joe Hague is a very uh, valuable backup and played both guard and tackle last season, so I think he's you know a no brainer to make the roster as well. I like Jamarcus Webb, although I saw him um, play right tackle during the week one matchup versus Cincinnati and I don't recall seeing him um, play any other uh, tackle um, throughout the first or the next couple of games rather excuse me Uh, by week five Braden Smith had pretty much solidified that right tackle position Mm -hmm. and so of course you know uh, that's his to lose I think and then um, Antonio Garcia I don't know much about him. I think, I think, you know, I was intrigued by this guy because I think he was a former third round pick by the Patriots and then had some issues with like blood, something with blood clots or something like that. And so he, you know, he was waived because of he was because of that whole situation. And so he's a guy that still has talent. Uh, I don't know, admittedly, a lot about him, um, but I know that he, you know, has third round talent. So something. Yeah, there's something there, and you know, like I, I go back to what I said in the last podcast, when Chris Ballard and his staff bring in any player, regardless of the position, I've learned not to question what it is that they're doing. Um, he's earned our respects in that regard. Yeah, definitely. Another guy that I, I forgot to mention, so for whatever reason on the website, he's listed as a guard. He's listed with the guards, but he's actually played a lot of left tackle last year. He actually started when Anthony Costanzo was out the first couple of weeks there. Uh, LaRaven Clark is another guy. Yeah, LaRaven Clark, he's interesting. <clears throat> Excuse me, he was a third-round pick of ours, if I'm not mistaken, a couple mm-hmm. of seasons ago, or drafts ago, I should say. Yeah, I think that was the Ryan Kelly draft, actually. Yeah, I think it was, uh, now that I remember correctly and he was out of texas tech and he was interesting i remember the breakdown of him saying that he had some technique issues but he could potentially become a very stable tackle in this league uh with a little bit of development so it'll be interesting i think i've seen him have some really strong play uh, early on last season but then i've also seen him really struggle 
uh, if I remember correctly, actually, and not to call him out, I suppose, but during the Philadelphia game last season on that fourth and goal or fourth down play near the Philadelphia goal line, uh, he was the defender that gave up the sack uh, that ultimately ended our potential chance to uh, come back in that game. So um, certainly a strong player, uh, still definitely needs development, but I think with Howard Mudd and uh, Chris Strauser or Strazer uh, coming in this season uh, as an offensive line personnel, I think he could potentially, like I said, become a, 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 st- a solid excuse me, starter. Uh, yeah, I, I can see that on one hand. I think a lot of people are kind of down on the Raven Clark, and I actually am one of the few people I think that thinks that he's a pretty solid player, but I don't really know. Um, it seems like when Chris Ballard you know, clumps that offensive line together, he doesn't really talk about LaRaven Clark a lot. And so I guess I don't really know if like he's going to last long as much as I think he showed significant strides. And I think all in all, all, all things considered last year, I think he held his own pretty well um, at left tackle there when Anthony Costanzo was out. Um, but I think he could be potentially, you know, pushed off the roster if, you know, he doesn't have a strong camp this year, if he doesn't have a strong preseason. I, you know, the Colts drafted a couple guys there, and he, they drafted specifically an offensive tackle in Jackson Barton uh, this this year. Um, and so I guess I don't really know. Like, do you think that a guy like Jackson Barton could potentially push a guy like LaRaven Clark off of the roster? I think so, uh, and that might be surprising. Uh, for some people listening at home, but even though Jackson Barton is a rookie, I watched a little bit of his tape, and I think he's got more um, profound and sound technique than the Raven Clark, excuse me, does. And like I said, Clark struggled uh, on and off throughout the past couple of seasons, and even though he's got more NFL experience under his belt, and we haven't really seen much from Jackson Barton, uh, I think just from what I've seen film-wise and on Barton's college film, I think he has the potential to maybe push Clark out. Not entirely, I think, if I'm being honest with you, Cody, I think Clark could potentially, uh, you know, at the worst, to be moved to the practice squad. I think he could still be a very valuable asset uh, to our team somewhere, whether it's the practice squad or maybe a second or third string um, tackle. But I think Barton does potentially have the chance to move him out. Yeah, and how about a guy like Joe Haig, who last year, I think he kind of plays all over, um, but last year he he started out at right tackle, and I thought he played pretty solid, all things considered, um, until he got injured, and then yeah, I think he came back and was just kind of a rotational piece. Um, what can a guy like a jack-of-all-trades, basically a guy that can play any position like Haig, bring to the Colts offensive line? Yeah, Joe Haig, he's the uh, Swiss Army knife excuse me, of the offensive line, as Chris Ballard said, he can play all five positions. And when you have an offensive lineman that can play all five positions and not just play it, but play it well, uh, that's somebody that's really, really hard to just um, cut from the roster because of his versatility, uh, first and foremost. And secondly, he filled in for Costanzo a little bit, as did you know, uh, the Raven Clark when he was out last season. And he did a very, very good job. And so I think, like I said, with Howard Mudd and Chris Strauser and all these other offensive personnel uh, members, I think with a little bit of coaching and a little bit of development, I think Joe Haig, uh, honestly, and this might surprise a lot of people, potentially be the successor to Anthony Costanzo. Hmm, interesting. Uh, let's talk about Costanzo for a second. So he's entering age 30 season now. Uh, he's been in the league, I think he was drafted the year before Andrew Luck, so the 2011 draft. Uh, he's getting a little up there in age, but Costanzo recently was talking to the media and basically saying like, 
how even though he's turned, you know, he just turned 30, he is feeling the best he's ever felt, even in his rookie season. And he he credited uh, Rusty Jones and those people, those guys who are helping the training development and saying that he, you know, for a long time, he realized like his technique and his hips and all that stuff was off. Um, but it's interesting to see that Costanzo thinks that even, you know, even entering his 30s, he still has a lot of room to grow. Uh, so my, my question to you is like, how can he grow? What er- in what areas can Costanzo continue to grow? Uh, I think he can just continue to, to do what he's doing and continue to work on his technique and continue to just get better and better. I know that sounds like a really cheesy answer, but really that's what our whole organization is founded on and developed on and is going to continue to work on is to get better each and every day. And that's sort of the mindset of each player. And with Costanzo, even though he's entering his uh, eighth year and is 30 years old and he's on his contract year, I think if he has another year like he had this past season, he'll be well worthy of a, of a contract extension. How much does that speak to the Colts staff as, as a whole to see a guy like Costanzo who – you know, has gone through a lot of offensive line coaches throughout the years, and now, uh, you know, it seems like the last two seasons, really, uh, Costanzo has really stepped up his game, specifically last season when he came back. I think he was playing probably the best football he's ever played. How much does that speak to that whole coaching staff over there? Yeah, I mean, it speaks to what they're able to do. It speaks to their abilities. It speaks to their character. Uh, it speaks to... Um, you know, Costanzo's abilities and his character to be able to adapt to different coaches over the years. And I think, like I said, if he continues to work on his technique and just continues to get better and better each day, then he'll be well worthy of a contract extension uh, come next season. Now moving over to more looking at the right tackle position, uh, we'll start with the non-starter. Uh, last year, Jamarcus Webb played a little bit of right tackle last season. Um, surprisingly, the Colts brought him back uh, for this season. And so what can Webb bring to the Colts' offensive line, specifically to the right tackle position? Yeah, Jamarcus Webb is an interesting player because I remember seeing him during the Week 1 matchup versus Cincinnati, and he held his own against some of the better pass rushers um, in the league. But as far as his abilities are concerned, I mean, I kind of liked what I saw from Webb, and I think he's a very young tackle. And so, you know, of course, when you have guys that are young like that, they need time to develop and to get better. And I think with a guy, you know, when Chris Ballard brings these players back, like I said earlier, I've learned not to question or to judge um, because he's earned my respect in that regard. And so he and his staff, uh, specifically the offensive line staff, have seen something in Webb that they like enough to, you know, where, where they would bring him back despite maybe not playing a whole lot last season. Yeah, it's interesting to me because when you said he was 30, I, or when you said he was young, I kind of looked and I was like, wait a minute, he's actually 30 years old. Um, so he's not young, but he, I guess he's not like an old, old guy. Um, but like you said, yeah, I agree with the whole idea of like when Chris Ballard and company decide to bring back a guy that they like, there's a reason for it. And they see something in him. They saw something they liked before he got injured and whatever that is, um, they definitely want to tap into that. But I kind of look at this more as just like a depth signing because like we saw last season and like we've talked about on this podcast time and time again, depth is the biggest thing that will determine whether or not your team you know, is hoisting that Lombardi. And so uh, the Colts definitely needed more depth, I think, on the offensive line. And so um, 
re-signing a guy like Webb definitely, I think, maybe maybe not necessarily changed their draft approach, but kind of gave them some insurance to be like, okay, now I do, we don't have to draft an offensive tackle maybe in the first couple rounds or maybe the mid to late round. Um, you know, they obviously they drafted Jackson Barton, but like they they didn't do that till the seventh round, and so. Um, I think Jamarcus Webb at least gives the Colts uh, a little bit of depth. So, you know, maybe next season they look at drafting a tackle or something. Uh, the next guy, the starter from last season, or I guess most of last season, uh, Braden Smith, who originally wasn't going to be an offensive tackle. Um, he played guard mostly at Auburn. And, and so I think the Colts viewed him as a guard as well. And then, you know, I think it was the New England game. Um, one of their starters goes down. Uh, I think Matt Slauson goes down, um, and then, yeah, then Braden Smith's kind of just forced into the starting lineup, and I think he held his own and and kind of showed like why he was worth you know a second round pick last year. Um, so what can Braden Smith going now into his sophomore season? Um, what has he brought to the Colts? I guess, and what can he bring to the Colts um, as he continues to improve? Yeah, Braden Smith has brought what we had been searching for for many, many seasons now, and that is a um, valuable starter at right tackle. And he, like you said, Cody, took care of his own when he was placed in the starting lineup in that week five matchup versus New England. I mean, he held his own, and he held his own throughout the rest of the season. And I kept saying, you know, on Twitter and other things when I was watching these games, when he wasn't in the starting lineup, I thought, you know, we spent a second-round pick on him, at least throw him in there, you know, give him a chance and see what he can do. I remember his film breakdown when he was drafted by us. Um, And Mike Mayock said that he played a little bit of right tackle and well at Auburn. And so he has that versatility um, in him. It just needs to be put on display. And luckily uh, Chris Ballard and Frank Reich decided to throw him in at right tackle. And like I said, ever since he held his own, it's his job to lose. And he's a very valuable starter for our team. But saying that, uh, he's not a perfect player by any means, um, and he had his shares of up, his fair shares of ups and downs. Uh, what do you think he can definitely improve on um, if he wants to take that next step in 2019? Well, absolutely. He's definitely not perfect, and his craft and technique certainly needs work. One game in particular I'll point out is the game against Miami when he was going against Cameron, Cameron Wake, excuse me, one of the better speed rushers in this game. Uh, I remember we hadn't given up a sack in – several months and when Wake went against Braden Smith late in the game and Luck was sacked for the first time in, in months, it was based off of Wake's speed rush um, and his ability to get past Smith so quickly. And so if there was something that I would say uh, Smith could work on, it's certainly his technique in terms of being able to handle a speed rusher like Wake. Yeah, definitely. And, and the good thing is, all those things can be taught. It's not a physical thing with Braden Smith. It's not a mental thing with Braden Smith. It's just he's young, he's developing his craft, and fortunately for Smith, he's got one of the best developmental um, coaching staffs in the league. And so next we'll go and look at the guards now. We'll look at the offensive guards on the Colts last season. We'll start over at left guard. We'll look at Quentin Nelson, uh, number six overall pick for the Colts. Uh, first team all pro made the pro bowl he did all these amazing things but uh, what can nelson improve on you know we looked at all these good things but what are some things nelson can even improve on uh that's an interesting question cody from what i saw from nelson and he's not perfect by any means and he'll he'll be the first to tell you that uh but in terms of improvement i guess if i had to point out a specific incident and he certainly got his revenge and i'll, I'll get more into that 
you know what I mean by that in a minute. When we were playing the Texans in Week Four, Jadavion Clowney came from an outside line, his outside linebacker spot and absolutely just ran over Quentin Nelson. And everybody thought, you know, oh my gosh, here's this number six overall pick who's supposed to maul opposing defensive linemen for a living, and he just got bull rushed by one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. Well, you know, turn around into the, the wild card round, and Quentin Nelson certainly got his revenge as he just flat out pancaked Jadavian Clown. Um, but I suppose with all that being said, the one thing that I think maybe Quentin Nelson can work on is maybe handling the bull rush. I mean, I don't think there's really a ton for him to work on. I think his technique, I think that was one of the most intriguing uh, characteristics and intangibles about Quentin Nelson when we drafted him was the fact that he was so technically sound in his ability to um, lead the way in the run game and ability to protect the quarterback. Yeah, and then looking over, so all these guys are very, very versatile. So, um, if we don't list them as a guard or we list don't list them as a tackle, there's a reason for that. I mean, they both they played both positions or at least can play both positions. Um, the next guy was he was kind of a surprise, kind of came out of nowhere. I think even in the preseason, some fans were even <laughs> saying the Colts should uh, cut ties and release this guy, Mark Lewinsky, who who came in at right guard, and I think he was a revolution at right guard. Yeah, Mark Lewinsky came on, and he really surprised me when Matt Slauson went down. Mark Lewinsky came in, and similar to Braden Smith, he held his own, and he so earned that three-year contract extension that we gave him in the offseason. Well, well worth it. And he's, now I know for a fact, I know I said earlier, Jamarcus Webb was young. I apologize. He is not. He is 30. But with Mark Lewinsky, I know for a fact he is very uh, young, 24, I believe, somewhere in that area. And he has definitely got um, things to improve on. Um, I, I remember one game specifically was the Sunday night game in Tennessee where he struggled a little bit against the bull rush too, and he had a couple holding calls come his way. Um, so maybe things, you know, with his technique in terms of, like I said, the bull rush and, you know, avoiding ways to, to not get holding calls, I suppose. Um, but in terms of his ability and what he brings to this offense, he is a very good pulling guard and he's very, very, um, He's a very sound player for us. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing that's that's interesting to note is like the Colts with their guards, like their guards are big, they're mean, they're strong. And that's something I think that really I think has helped maybe even elevate some of these other players, um, such as the Ryan Kelly, such as an Anthony Costanzo is like these guards, man, they're nasty and they're going to get in their face and they're going to knock you on the ground and uh, it's something that's very, very refreshing for Colts fans and maybe a little bit new for some of those you know, older guys on the offensive line, some of those guys who have been there for a couple years. All right, so now moving to the center position, we'll start with some backups. Uh, first, we'll start with the primary backup, uh, Evan Bame last year, who kind of who kind of just came in. I think he's signed from the Rams practice squad, came in and played very, very well. Yeah, Evan Bame uh, really, really surprised me. I know Ryan Kelly battled some injuries last season. Um, and so when Evan Bame stepped in, he took care of his own, and he played very, very, very well. There was one player in particular that I really, really liked from Bame, and it was in the Week 16 matchup versus the Giants at home, and it was late in the game. And Bame, uh, the Giants were sending what looked to be like a some sort of cross-linebacker blitz, uh, and Evan Bame... Uh, picked up a, a free rusher 
and it allowed Luck to scramble and pick up a first down, and that was a key uh, turning point late in the game. And so when I see plays like that from a center uh, like Evan Bain, it just makes me excited to, to see what he can bring to the Colts in 2019. Yeah, it was interesting because, obviously, Ryan Kelly is one of the best centers in the league. He showed that last year. Um, and you expect a major, major drop-off from Ryan Kelly to Evan Bame, and I think this just speaks to how well Bame played last year. Um, it wasn't as noticeable as I think some fans may have thought it would be um, from Evan Bame to Ryan Kelly, and so that's definitely a credit to Bame. Okay, another guy um, who the Colts signed kind of with – the, the, in the wake of injuries and all the stuff that's happening is uh, Josh Andrews, uh, who we didn't see a lot of, um, but he's a guy that you know came in. And he's very position flexible as well. Um, he's been in the league for four years. Um, previously uh, signed from Philadelphia off their practice squad on November twentieth. Um, I mean, he's just another depth guy. I think uh, we don't really know a whole lot about him. Um, but we know that you know the Colts like him. The Colts obviously like him enough to have them on have him on their roster and still have him on their roster. And so um, it'll be interesting to look at that and and look at Mr. Andrews and just see like you know do, what will his role look like if he will have a role on this offensive line in 2018. But um, and then we'll look at the starter now, the uh, Ryan Kelly, who is a guy who's a former first round pick a couple years ago. He's been in the league for four years and so uh ryan kelly i think really andrew showed a lot last year just you know despite the injuries he showed a lot i think he made some significant strides in 2018 as a player yeah he certainly did and he is one of the best pulling centers um in the league i I suppose centers don't really pull but in terms of getting to the second level he is one of the best if not the best in my opinion he is a great impact blocker and will run you over uh, if you are in his way. And Ryan Kelly, like you said, he made major strides. And although he's battled some injuries over the last couple of seasons, uh, it'll be interesting to see um, what he does for us in 2019. Now, I did hear and I did see, I think it's already been uh, approved, that the Colts picked up his fifth-year option. Yeah. So regardless of his status for this season or how many games he may play we're going to keep him on board which is which is certainly the right the right move oh definitely and uh just with how you know maybe not super recently but but recently enough where uh you know the Colts have kind of whiffed on a lot of first round draft picks in the last couple years and so uh Definitely having Kelly in and exercising his fifth-year option is a, is a very, very positive thing. And, and he's a good player. He's a good player. I think he has offered the Colts offensive line a st- stable presence in the middle, uh, something Andrew Luck at the beginning of his career really didn't have a whole lot. I mean, he kind of cycled through centers there for a while. And so Ryan Kelly is definitely someone who is very, very valuable to the Colts offensive line. He's a major leader in that locker room. And so it'll be interesting to see him now entering year five um, to see what he will bring and how he will continue to grow as a player. And so that's kind of our look now at the, at the Colts offensive line in depth. And uh, you know, if they add anybody else, we'll sure update that. But yeah, I think next Andrew, we're going to talk about, the Colts defensive line. So on our next episode, we're going to look at all the players on the Colts defensive line, you know, players that they drafted different players like that, different players that could potentially be on the line. Um, so that will be a lot of fun. And, and I'm definitely looking forward to that. 
Um, so yeah, definitely you guys um, send in your questions for the Colts defensive line. I'll definitely send out some posts for that and uh, we'll get rolling with that. And so thank you guys. We, we always love um, your support and your, your love for us and for what we do. We, we love what we do. Um, and so, yeah. And also thank you, Andrew. Thank you for coming on, man. Um, I always appreciate your time. So um, yeah, thanks guys. And, and go Colts.